listening to Best Served Cold, a Born Millennials podcast. The Australian true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. Formerly Egypt's 36th most popular true crime podcast, hosted by Tama J and Laura Lease. Sit down, relax, grab a drink and enjoy this week's episode. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back to Best Served Cold, the best true crime podcast as voted by you. Yeah, sure. You say this every week and I'm like, as voted by, on what? No one in particular, just in it, us. affirmations we, we've received. Oh, we're manifesting it, are we? The yeah. best true crime podcast Yeah, in the world. exactly. Welcome to the best true crime podcast in the world, the most popular. It's no longer my favorite murder, it's now us. Yeah. Sorry, America. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> These intros get weirder and weirder. Anyway, welcome to Best Serve Cold. The true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. I'm one of your amazing co-hosts, Laura Elise, and the E stands for be aggressive, be aggressive. Okay, and I am your other co-host, Tamator, and just like Sting said, every step you take, I'll be watching you. So creepy. Why? It's just what I'm feeling today. Okay. That's who Weird. I am. Weird. Anyway, welcome back to the show. We hope you guys... Uh, having a good time and enjoying life, doing things that you like doing, and hope you're having a good day listening to this show. Um, yeah, whatever. What are you doing? Part of the day you're in. Yeah. I hope it's a good part of your day. Of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to be a bad part of your day. No. That'd be bad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, any housekeeping things that we should go over? Just the Just usual. Us? If you do want to follow us on social media, you can check us out at the BSC Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, we now also publish all of our episodes on YouTube. So if you are someone that does prefer to, you know, connect your TV to mm-hmm. YouTube and listen to podcasts that way, you can now do it. There is no video component. It's just the show, but... It's another way that you can listen and support the show. We would love it if you subscribed. Um, oh, and the most important housekeeping Just of all. Just a disclaimer. If you are new around here, we like to let people know at the start of the show that we do tend to swear quite a bit. So if you are someone who does not like the cuss words, the curse words, the Fs, the Ss and the Cs, although we don't say the C word. No, we don't then we would politely ask you to exit through the gift shop. Feel free to grab a souvenir and please do not leave us a one-star review on Apple. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the ride. Yeah, it was nice having you for the brief period yeah. that we did. Bye. Hey, <laughs> show's over, guys. Bye. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of it. Yeah, so um, if you're new around here, we do the cases. Or we both cover a case each. And at the end of the show, we just sort of fluff on a bit shoot, and talk about things. Bit. Talk about the cases, talk about... What's been going on? Talk about you guys. Yeah. Whatever the hell we want to do. So if you are just here for the cases, then stick around for that. And if you'd like a bit of extra, then stick around to the end. So Tama is doing a two-parter. Yes. This episode. So we're trialing that out. Normally, if we were going off our usual schedule, it would be Tama's turn to go first. However, as he is doing a two-parter, I thought it makes sense for him to go second this episode and first next episode yep so your parts are together adjoined so we're gonna mix it up a little bit and i'm going to go first so i'm not even joking when i say i was feeling really uninspired and 
unsure of who I wanted to cover Mm -hmm. this week. Uh, So I decided to, I'm working on a new intro song for the show. And as you may have noticed, our intro song has kind of like a weird circus Yeah, kind of like masquerade kind of thing. So I literally just typed circus murder into Google and I was like, I'm going to see what comes up. And I came across this charming gentleman. So today I'll be talking about Boris Corneve, uh, also known as the Strongman Killer. Oh, interesting. So there really isn't a whole lot available on the backstory of Corneve, which I do find happens a lot, particularly with Russian serial killers. And I don't know if it has to do with the fact that I guess like Russia in those years was like not super open with their information, I guess. So if you're talking about like the 1920s to 1980s, Russia was a bit of a weird vibe, my understanding. Sure. Um, But you really can't find a lot about this guy's early life, apart from the fact that his date of birth was at some point during either 1929 or 1930, and he was born in the Soviet Union. So growing up, he was a large, very strong young boy, and so he decided to join the circus as a touring performer. So he was acting acting as the titular strongman with a touring troupe, with his specialty being juggling heavyweights. So he quickly realized that he loved the attention and the spotlight that being a performer gave him. But one night while he was performing where he was juggling a 50 kilogram weight, Damn. Uh, he badly obviously caught it wrong and badly tore a tendon in his hand, an injury which was bad enough that it basically abruptly ended his Yeah, that'll happen, tossing career. dumbbells around. Yeah. I can't even pick one up, let alone... Throw it in the air. You could do maybe the, the one kilos. Yeah, like once. And yeah. then I get tired. You're like, <laughs> Thankfully, he had been fairly savvy with his money that he'd earned during his circus years. And for a while, he is actually able to sort of just cruise around, make ends meet without work. However, soon his funds begin to run out and he also begins to miss the fame and notoriety that his role as a performer had given him. He moves to... Vosgreskensk. I'm so sorry. I'm probably going to mispronounce lots of these Russian words in Moscow. And he begins to write into local newspapers looking for acquaintances. And some sources I read called it an acquaintanceship announcement. Acquaintanceship announcement, which is a very hard word to say. I've heard that term before. Now, this part isn't super clear because it seems like something that you would do for romance, but then acquaintanceship. Sounds like friends. So I'm really not able to figure out if originally it was supposed to be a romantic thing straight away or if he was just looking for like friends or a flatmate. Although going off the information coming next, I'm going to say it was romantic. So he puts these ads out in the newspaper and immediately he receives responses from his ad from three separate women. Irina Shelkanova. Natalia Delyagnia and Yulia Trovimova. So these women were not older women. Natalia was only 18. 
And Natalia had had a troubled childhood with her stepmother having violently abused her after her father died when she was 13. Her stepmother would invite men over to the home to help with housework and handy jobs and then drug Natalia and force her to have sex with the men as payment for their services. Natalia was deeply ashamed of this and told no one, applying for a house through the paper as soon as she turned 18 in hopes of escape. Yulia, one of the other women, much like Natalia, was in a compromising position, being divorced and single with one daughter, Oksana. So she was excited at the prospect of moving in with a physically intimidating man to kind of like protect her. And she did soon begin to consider him her sort of protector. Uh, so Korniv is living with these three women, so they all cohabitate. Uh, house together and the women from what I can see seemed pretty happy and content however Korniv himself is growing more and more resentful about his lost fame and also growing poorer and poorer and unable to afford any of the basics of life or afford a job so one of the women that he's living with Irina falls pregnant to him and begins demanding that he marry her Korniv is does not want to do this and he begins to get sort of annoyed at the pressure from her and after one heated conversation he strangles Irina to death with a wire and at the time of her death Irina is 20 weeks pregnant. So after brutally murdering her Korniv takes her body to the roof of a nearby building and throws it off the top. Irina's body falls onto the roof of a parked bus. The bus driver is at the time not inside the bus and he's sort of off shift and he's having lunch across the road. So when he returns to start his shift again, he initially doesn't notice and drives off. Oh. It's not until the next stop when Irina's body falls off the top of the bus that she's discovered. The driver initially attempts to resuscitate her, but quickly realises that she's passed away after he sees the violent, deep strangulation marks around her neck. The investigation begins and police immediately try to determine which roof the body had fallen from. The driver tells police where his bus was parked while he ate lunch and police are able to find sort of traces of blood, I guess, around the building where the bus was parked originally. Shortly after the body's discovery, police are able to identify Irina and speak to her family. Irina's mother tells police that she frequented the acquaintance announcement section of the paper. And when police search her old home, they do indeed find multiple ads and they begin their search by looking through these ads. It's here that they sort of find a bit of a fake lead that they initially think is a really good one. They find multiple ads made by a man named Sergei Poganovsky, who is actually an employee of the USSR Ministry of Culture. Under the ads, ads, Sergei functions under a different name, and when police attend Sergei's home to question him, the police are attacked by his dog. Sergei has no credible alibi for the night of Irina's murder, and blame is initially pointed to him. He's detained in relation to Irina's murder, however, it does kind of become obvious that Sergei is simply hiding behind another name as he's married and sleeping with all of the women that respond to his ad. Gotcha. So while Sergei is being detained, Natalia confesses to Korniv that she was abused by her stepmother, Galina. In a rage, Korniv strangles Natalia's stepmother to death and ties her body to a construction car. Galina's body is identified and the connection between her and Natalia is established. 
The abuse suffered by Natalia comes to light during the investigation and the spotlight begins to fall on Natalia's, quote, lover, with even Natalia herself suggesting it was likely him who murdered Galena. However, when police question her, she refuses to provide the name or any information as she considers him a hero because he's killed the woman that violently abused her for years. Wow, okay. So that's a bit of a twist. Yeah. So, sorry, I lost track of my notes. Where am I up to? You were up to... She's just been strangled and attached to a... Yes, sorry. That's okay. Uh, So, the police then are charged with tailing Natalia because they obviously... Her, quote, lover is their number one suspect, but Mm -hmm. she won't give them any information. So, they start to follow her in in an attempt to track down her mysterious partner. However, when Corny realizes this, he actually murders the police sergeant on duty to follow Natalia also by strangling him in the same way. Holy crap. Corny then flies into a rage and kidnaps Natalia and strangles her to death as well. Her disappearance obviously triggers a further manhunt because now they're kind of starting to put the dots together that it's very much likely the same person. Yeah. Uh, but sadly, obviously, her body is found in a mountain, mountainous region near their home. So Corny then returns home to his old home where the third woman, Yulia, is still living. He explains to her that he'd gone looking for work in a neighbouring town, which is why he had disappeared. However, shortly after his return, he begins to torture her 12-year-old daughter, Oksana, forcing her to wear an iron weight around her neck and do push-ups, like, continually. That's a very odd... Yeah, I don't think this dude is like quite right in there. No, he's like he's that's his form of torture is like to force him to exercise. That's well, I think it's like she has like a really heavy weight tied around her neck and she's 12. And it's something that he's like I like weights. Yeah, and she's 12. Yeah. So it's like That's so bizarre. Yeah. This is a very bizarre story. Yes. It gets more bizarre. How bizarre, how bizarre. (laughs) So it's during a visit uh, from Oksana's father, Peter, that he talks to his daughter and discovers Corneve's treatment of her and confronts him, which was probably not a great idea because he's then also strangled to death by Corneve and dumped in a ravine also near their home. Oksana, knowing it was very likely Corneve that murdered her father, she tells her mother that she believes it was him. Now, this next part is a bit odd. And honestly, there's really not a lot of information that can be found about this guy. There's maybe like four resources on this guy and they're all terribly written. Fantastic. So despite having simply up to to this point just strangled anyone that remotely like annoyed him, confronted him, he's very much like... Strangle now, talk later. Yeah, think first, act, think last, actions first. Rather than murdering Yulia and Oksana, he attempts to scare them into silence by confronting them at their new home after they move out, covering himself in phosphorus, which is a mineral that glows in the dark, and attempting <laughs> to like terrify them into <laughs> staying silent. What the fuck? 
Yes. He tried to ET them. Pretty much. God damn. I Which, come with love. Literally, yeah. that's all I could think of when I was yeah. writing these notes was the Mr. Burns yeah, wow. alien scene. That's legit. He's just like covered in phosphorus. Holy shit. What Wild. a madman. So, Yulia is rightfully terrified. So, she sends Oksana to her grandmother's house and sort of tries to keep the door closed and calls the police. When Connie hears this, he flies into a rage. He breaks into the home and ties her up and begins to beat her. He then uses Yulia's phone to call her mother's house where Oksana has fled to. When Oksana answers the phone, he tells her, if you don't come to the old garages tonight, I will kill your mother. You know me. Do not forget the chain. It will be useful for you. As in like the chain that That she wore. Yeah. So Oksana, fearing that he will kill her mother, does not sort of tell the police this additional information. Instead, and this again is where the story gets so weird and it sounds like it's almost made up. 12-year-old Oksana is like, you know what? I'm not going to call the police. I'm instead going to call my school friend, Nikolai, and we're going to go and Scooby-Doo this shit and take this man down. Uh, So Oksana and Nikolai go to the spot designated by Korniv and they take weapons. Korniv attempts to attack them, but Oksana actually stabs him in the chest and then Nikolai hits him over the head with a hammer. Korniv attempts to defend himself and he does manage to hit Nikolai back, but thankfully he survives. Boris Korniv is then admitted to hospital for his wounds, having lost a crazy amount of blood after being stabbed in the chest by Oksana. But he does survive. Where at the hospital, he is declared legally insane and admitted to a psychiatric hospital for criminals. It's here in 1968 that Boris Korniv is ironically strangled to death by fellow inmates in the hospital. Wow. In a weird ending that, again, just makes me think that this story is like, it sounds like it's made up. After being admitted to hospital for his injuries and initially actually being somewhat paralyzed and not being able to use his legs, Oksana, like, gets right up him and she's like, no, motherfucker, you're going to train and you're going to walk again. And they, like, train together and he learns to walk and they end up getting married and having kids together. Um, okay. And that is the story of Boris Korniv, the strong man killer. It sounds like... It sounds made up. It sounds like a Russian proverb. It really does. Genovive, strangled person. And he himself gets strangled. (laughs) Don't (laughs) strangle, because you two will get strangled. In Soviet Russia, if you strangle, you'll get strangled. Yeah. Wow. Um, So this was a wild one to actually try and write notes for because there is next to no information about him and a a lot of the sources are in Russian. So when you use Google Translate, it's like a really bad translation. translation. And I'm like, cool. And then some other sources I was looking at don't even refer to him by name. They just refer to him by the maniac. And I'm like, great. Um, okay, that seems like thanks for that. Not great journalism. Yeah, like I know that's rich coming from me. But the f- queen of journalism. You've, but I mean, you. <laughs> that's that's your official title. The queen of journalism. The queen of journalism. Yeah. All uh, my you've actually 
titled him, though. You've given him a name. I feel like calling him Maniac is like... N- not uh, the Maniac. Exactly. The, like the, the maniac. maniac. Like there's a singular maniac. Mm. And he is it. But, yeah, it was like a weirdly touching end to... A weird story, very not yeah. Lovely story. No, not at all. And a very, very odd story. But that is the tale of Boris Cornave, the strongman killer. And that's what's happened when you feel uninspired and just type random words followed by murder. That's a good way to. I mean, if, there, if anything was the like epitome of the show, it's that. Is me just stumbling across. Yeah. Because we're not like, we're not like, you know, like we're not journalists. No. We're just two like fans of true crime. Just two cool cats and kittens. Exactly. Yeah. And then this is how the show comes. We just, we find things that are like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. You've been watching too much Good Mythical Morning. Have I? You did it in the, let's talk about that. You did it Uh, in the voice. Interesting. Well, that is my... Tale. That is for your this tale. Week's episode. Yep. Now it's your turn. Well, we're going to take a little break first. Take a wee little break. Take a wee little break. Um, so enjoy these couple little seconds. We're going to go for a little, do a little pee pee and poo poo breaks. Um, and we'll see you guys. <laughs> okay, bye. In just a couple seconds. <laughs> Children. We are back. Welcome back. So just quickly before you jump into yours, I just yes. wanted to do a little, uh, not disclaimer, maybe disclaimer, that when we briefly kind of spoke in last week's episode about how we were going to be trying some new things, mm-hmm. this is a perfect example of us Branching covering out. a different type of subject. So we were genuinely... Love to hear your opinion on whether or not you found this interesting and if not like this particular story, like this style, this kind of different this content. style of content. Yeah. So take it away, Talma. So this one is rather interesting. And the reason we had to sort of do it in a two part series is because it was such a global phenomenon and even people who aren't directly interested in this kind of, I guess, content or what derives from this, everyone had their eyes upon this. And even if you aren't a part of this scene or you don't involve yourself with these kinds of things, you've undoubtedly heard about this. So I wanted to cover the story of No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky being a video game developed by company hello games in britain so two-part series this whole episode will cover i guess the evolution of no man's sky what happened and the severe controversy that followed it so hello games is a british game company based in guildford surrey 
They're known for developing several video games, including Joe Danger and, of course, Snowman Sky. The company was founded by Sean Murray and Grant Duncan, along with their friends Ryan Doyle and David Ream in 2008. Now, in the year 2000, Sean Murray, who graduated from university, he afterwards begins working at different uh, gaming studios and makes several accomplishments along the way. So he would go on to work as the technical lead on the game Black, which is the first-person shooter game, and the technical director for Burnout 3. Now, both of those games were very critically acclaimed, very well received, and having just worked with the company EA, which is a very big company, as you probably know, prior, um, he actually forms his own company, Hello Games. So while it was on EA, as you know, they're responsible for several games like FIFA, NBA 2K, The Sims, which is a big game. Everyone should know about that. He kind of got bored of the repetitive nature of just working on sequels every single year, which is kind of EA's thing. It's yeah. like the new soccer games, the new this, the new that. So he develops Hello Games with a couple of his friends and they move into a studio, begin working on an all-new game called Joe Danger. Joe Danger is a side-scrolling game which uses racing and platforming mechanics. Essentially, you play as an evil Knievel kind of ca- character going through... Uh, limited courses um, with time limits. The studio would work on this game, no joke, like day and night, even on the weekends. And it got so crazy that they even had the police come in and try to arrest them because they thought they were breaking into the studio to steal. It's like, why would anyone be working on the weekend? 4 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. So this just shows how passionate they were about this company and these games they really wanted to make it work so the game is joe danger is actually released for playstation 3 in june 2010 and it's a genuine success it critically acclaimed and develops a decent fan following following the success of the games they actually won two awards at the 2010 develop awards best new studio and best micro studio in September 2010, they were listed by The Guardian as one of the 100 most innovative and creative British companies of the previous 12 months. So, looking pretty good. Their first big project, yeah. doing well. So, they immediately start working on their next project, which would be Joe Danger 2. After the release of Joe Danger 2, Sean Murray starts thinking, about hard, thinking hard about what he wants to do with the company. It's kind of ironic that he left EA... Because he didn't want to do sequels. Because he didn't want to do sequels and he's just working on sequels this sort of all this time. Working on sequels and, you know, there's a mobile game coming out. He's kind of like, well, you know what, fuck this. Yeah. He has essentially what he described as a midlife crisis. So, Sean and the team start toying with the idea of what should they do next. Um, A space exploration game is brought up and... It's it's thought of it's some the the project gets into its development. It's, it's heavily inspired by 1980s science fiction. It uses procedural generation to create the closest thing they could make to an infinite universe. So, uh, in in computing terms, procedural generation is a method of creating data algorithmically, as opposed to manually. Typically through a combination of human-generated assets and algorithms coupled with computer-generated randomness and processing power. So a 
good way to explain this is the game Minecraft. In every new playthrough of Minecraft, you enter a new world with a procedurally generated seed, meaning the map and the world around you is made up of assets made by the company. However, it's completely randomized, gotcha. giving each playthrough so, like, a new experience. So, like, they would, like the developers would like make a skin for a lake and a mountain yeah. and dirt. And then an AI would be like, I'm going to put a mountain here. Basically, and like, yeah. yeah. Okay, that That's kind of what it is. It's like yeah. we make the assets, the computer goes, here's the universe. Yeah. That You're makes like, sense? This universe is two square feet yeah. with one mountain and three lakes. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's essentially it. So for this new game, and to give you an idea of just what you were touching on, the aim was to have a universe containing 18 quintillion planets, which are procedurally generated on the fly as the player encounters them, including their own terrain, weather, flora, fauna, as well as a number of space-faring alien species. Jesus. So exactly what you were just saying. Now, to give you an idea of where the company was at, with a team of just four people, Sean and the rest of the team at Hello Games unveil a new prototype for their new game titled No Man's Sky at the VGX 2013 award show. It's a massive hit and soon hype starts generate, generating all over for the game. A year later on the 10th of June 2014, No Man's Sky was featured at EA, A3 2014. Now, E3 is a massive games expo and probably one of the biggest gaming expos, period. It's like Comic-Con for... Basically, yeah. yeah. So, in which EA is basically just uh, an expo for developers and publishers to introduce and show off their latest and upcoming games, usually to generate hype and to appeal to the retailers and press. The game is fucking hyped to the moon in the back. It's presented as a game with balanced possibilities, exploring a near infinite amount of planets, all with their own unique biomes, experiences, animals, and dinosaurs. Hop into a spaceship and go discover literally anything you can see, get into galactic spaceship battles. With just the hype alone, No Man's Sky starts receiving awards, which is insane. The game isn't even out and it's yeah. receiving <laughs> awards. Okay, so a release date is set for the game, June 2016, along with the help of Sony working as the game's publisher. Now, small studio, Sony, big company, they got to help them out. The hype would only continue with multiple articles written, press junkets, and talking about the features within the games. The founder of the studio, Sean Murray, was doing all the press himself. So he was answering questions, and in doing so... Uh, the pedestal the game was on would continue to exponentially grow and grow and grow. The game would be a vast and complex, uh, would be vast and complex. The team, it was so crazily complex, in fact, the team had to redesign the entire periodic table to allow the creation of atmospheric particles that would diffract light in the right wavelengths. Jesus. That's a direct, like, that's exactly what they were saying, hype on the game. So come to 2016, the hype had really built up at this point, especially with this whole periodic table thing. And I mean, it might just be the most sought after and talked about video game in history, certainly from an indie developer. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> to give you an idea, uh, a, a company like EA would probably have thousands of employees. And this is a team of four people yeah. at some point developing a few more people here and there, but still a small company. 
when a game is is soon to be released, retailers will hold pre-orders. So you pay for the game now and you secure yourself a guaranteed game when it launches. The pre-orders for No Man's Sky did extremely well, selling more copies than their previous game, Joe Danger, did in its first week of release before No Man's Sky had even come out. So they're doing well. Yeah. Leading up to the release, the game is actually delayed from its release day in June 2016 to August 2016, as they said the game needed a bit more polish before it could be released. Now, to give you an idea of where the studio was at with this whole thing, No Man's Sky is being hyped up more than any AAA game company with teams of thousands of people working on one title. All these expectations were weighed on just six people, eventually growing to a team of just 15 people by the time the project is finished. So now we're two weeks out from the release day and the team are working already on the day one patch for the game. So day one patches are just to eliminate any issues or bugs that might show up on the game on release, hence the day one title. However, in one of the biggest scandals ever, a physical copy of the game finds its way on eBay. It's a leaked copy of the game that was stolen and is now being sold on eBay to the highest bidder. Oof. So this is before the game's out, before any play testing's done, anything like that. Eventually, the copy of the game sells for around $1,300 US to a guy on Reddit called Damien. The same guy records his playthroughs of the game and begins uploading them onto YouTube and Daily Motion, and it takes him roughly 30 hours to completely finish the game, which he kind of just shits on you know, the whole endless exploration thing, mm. the game and going for it. Damien explains that the game is decent, but has a lot of issues that need to be fixed up. And he hopes developers will be able to iron them out with a day one patch. On top of this, a few retailers and journalists broke the set release date for No Man's Sky and started streaming playthroughs of the game, something they were not supposed to do. Mm. Sony attempts to get these playthroughs deleted. However, the damage is already done and most people can find the leaked footage anywhere. The footage only serves to create more skepticism towards the game being released soon. A massive red flag from Hello Games would be that they did not send out any review copies to any publications prior to the launch of the game. This is a very typical thing for a studio to do. They will send out copies to... You know, publishers and be like, check it out, review it, yeah. do whatever. They did none of that. They just weren't comfortable with revealing the current state of their game at the moment. Okay, so 9th of August, the game has launched and everyone's getting their copies. People are playing through the game and straight away they're noticing the game is quite far from being finished. Throughout the entire press junket and throughout the trailers and teasers, many features had been promised in the final game that weren't present on release. To give you an idea at how bland the end product was, some of these features that were included or meant to be included were space battles, planets with rings, landing on asteroids, live radio chatter, naming your ship, playing as a trader, sand planets, rivers, animals interacting with their environment and each other, walking sentinels, which are basically just like 8080s from Star Wars, portals, playing as a space pirate, factions, giving the player different attributes, manually flying between star systems, day-night cycles determined on the orbit of the sun, maneuvering the starships around, similar to how they moved in the trailer, and the whole periodic table thing. Completely missing from the game. Oof. 
So those were missing features. Now for the many, many bugs and glitches and issues with the game itself. Buildings that were buried into the earth, animals glitching, textures breaking, worlds looking like they were covered in oil, grass glitching so bad it looked like it was raining, ships' interiors disappearing, ships' flights patterns broken, invisible holes in the map so the players fall through, holes in the textures, the ship ejecting the player aggressively out of the ship and they can't even return back to the ship. Some people had issues starting the game, constant frame rate issues, frequent crashes, people even saw crashes when they got notifications on their desktops or when alt tabbing out of the game to do whatever else multiplayer features which is murky in itself because multiplayer was mentioned multiple times as a thing in the game however sean himself said on twitter to quote not expected to have multiplayer features and in a separate tweet he says the reason is because the universe is so vast that it's borderline impossible for two people to meet up on the same planet. Despite how vast the world was meant to be, on the first day of the game launching, two players noticed that they were only four star systems away from each other and live-streamed themselves meeting up on the same planet. Despite them being in the same exact location, they couldn't see each other. It's all a lie. <clears throat> so if this just were just any other indie game, no big deal. No one would really care. No one would notice. No one really... Wouldn't me bother, bother anyone. But no. On Steam alone, and Steam is the, I guess, the, the, the PC store where you buy all your games and you play on your PC. It's the biggest store where you download all the games from. Steam alone, No Man's Sky sold over 823,000 copies on launch day. It was the best-selling game on PlayStation Store for that month. So the game is big for an indie developer. Huge. The game visually looks interesting and there's even a fair bit to explore. However, the core fundamental gameplay is extremely repetitive and it boils down to simply go to a planet, mine resources, sort your inventory and make a couple upgrades to your ship. And that's kind of it. Just a bit boring and bland and not really what was promised. Mm. So with this, the player count for the game dramatically drops after the first week. In the UK, game sales dropped by 81% on its second week of launch, which is very dramatic. Players on Steam dropped from 212,321 in August to just over 2,000 in September. By October, it was less than 1,000. Basically, just endless amounts of YouTube videos were uploaded bashing No Man's Sky. This topped with actual reviews by publishers and companies. By October, the game was one of the worst rated on Steam ever, and it was revealed that the demos shown in the interviews, expos, etc., where they showed off what the game would be, were completely fabricated and scripted. They were saying it was, look at this game, we're playing the game randomly, we're just going to randomly jump to this planet and see this, completely scripted and Mm. procedurally generated. 100% fabricated. So Hello Games uh, Twitter, as if they weren't already dealing with enough of a shitstorm, their Twitter is hacked. So people actually start showing up um, outside their office as well, taking photos from the outside and the inside. And this sparks a rumor that the office is actually completely abandoned, that Hello Games has taken the money and run, and there's nowhere to be seen. No Man's Sky somehow were actually nominated for several awards as well after the game's release, but with the 
award shows too that were not present despite actually winning an award for one of these games. Mm. So from August onwards, there was absolutely no word from Sean or Hello Games. Nothing. Radio silence. And that is the end of part one. Ooh, okay. So the game goes from being the most hyped game in possibly the to universe the to the most hated, bashed game, piece of media in general, I think. Ooh. In general. Yeah. And in How part two, in part two, we'll talk about what happened. What did the studio what happened next? What happened with the studio? Why did the game fail to meet expectations? What did the studio do afterwards? And where's the game now? That's the I'm interesting question. All that and more in part two. Exactly. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that part of our show we uh we now we're done with the cases so we're going to move on to our just general talking section if you're just here for the cases thank you for joining us please also um, leave through the gift shop before you leave we would love to know your opinions on what you thought of some kind of new style content from tama whether this sort of stuff is maybe you know video games aren't your vibe which is fine but i guess more so are you interested in hearing about like mysteries and controversies and all that sort of jazz? Yeah. So yeah, we would love to hear because you know we're just looking to branch out, try new things, taste new flavors, mm-hmm. taste the rainbow. Yep. Don't sue me, Skittles. Or do. Or do. No, don't. We don't have any money. Yeah. I mean, that's that's their problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's currently. The end of the world here, apparently. Um, a random storm just came out of nowhere and started uh, just unleashing rain onto our doors and windows. Um, I think it m- I think some thunder might have picked up in the audio, which, I mean, honestly might add to the atmosphere a bit. So. It's all about the ambiance. Exactly. But yeah, it's crazy. It's just like a, g- a gigantic storm just came out of nowhere. After a pretty relatively sunny day. It was a hot day as well. Yeah. It was warm. It was very it was hot. It was toasty. How's your week been, Tama? It's been okay. I used to ask you that at the start of every you did, episode yeah. and I don't anymore. And you don't, you don't care anymore. No, I don't. Uh, it's been good. I've just been working, which has been fun. Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah. Uh, and like I said in my last uh, podcast, my... New job, like the second week in, everyone uh, soon became fans of the show. So, oh, yes, hello, Tama's work friends. Yeah. If you're listening, it's just what we do. We we network and we 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 suck people in. Yeah, I would also like to give a quick shout out to the Telltale Happy Hour podcast, who messaged me a very lovely message on Instagram just saying that they liked the show. So Thank you. Yeah. Just That's very nice of you guys. Spreading spreading? We're spreading the love. the love. Yeah. <sighs> spreading. Put on a t shirt. The love. That's spreading it. the love. We're spreading the love. We're coining a new term. Spreading it everywhere. <clears throat> we hope you guys are spreading the love safely this year. Use protection. Yep. 
You just put, wear, wear a mask where you can. Oh, I meant a different type of protection. No, you mean, you know. Oh, okay. You can go both wear ways. Wear a mask as well. Yeah. Just wear it 24-7. Wear a mask on your face and your... And your areas. I was trying to think of something that rhymed with face. Your base. Yeah. You keep talking. I can do better. I'm going to workshop okay. some stuff in my head. Um, yeah, so we just kind of wanted to branch out a little bit with our stories and our cases. We like to cover, I guess, just various different things. We've done mysteries. We've done unsolved cases. We've done, I think, conspiracy theorists. We've done uh, cults. So we've actually done things that weren't directly, you know, true crime related. Yeah. But I guess we kind of want to just expand the repertoire a bit. I would love to do some more conspiracy theories. I guess you just have to be very careful in terms of which ones you cover because there are some very controversial ones. But I have always been obsessed with, uh, like, the Mayans and the Aztec calendar and all yeah, that okay. sort of stuff. So. Controversial how? Like, there's people who believe in them... Like, you know, like the COVID conspiracy and the QAnon conspiracy and the uh, okay. 9-11 conspiracy. Like, I think... They are pretty sensitive. Yeah. Are very sensitive. Yeah, totally. And as interesting as I find them, I, d- I don't know. You just yeah, they're it. a bit... It's like pe- people dying and it's just yeah. a significant moment in, in history of humanity and it's just, yeah, not very nice. Yeah. And at the end of the day... Especially with 9-11, however you choose to believe it happened, like thousands of people died. It happened, yeah. It happened. Yeah, it's just a a tragic event either way you look at it. Yeah. So it's just not really a fun thing to to poke a hornet's nest and go, what happened here? Yeah, so as fascinating as I find some of those conspiracy theories, I don't know if I would ever cover them. I don't think it's very respectful. No, but I think I think Area Fifty One's a pretty genuinely <gasps> yes. interesting or, one. Or um, uh, Ro- Roswell. 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 That sounds right. I think it's Roswell, isn't it? Roswell. Roswell. Okay, I don't know. Roswell. Ruffra. 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 I think, and and I think that's an interesting thing. Like that's an interesting Aliens. story to cover. Yeah, for sure. The if there are any aliens listening to this podcast. What's up? What's up? She. I feel like aliens would watch humans and be like, These no, I'm people good. Are fucked. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm going to just, just stay away. I, I think about that all the time. It's like, what would, the, what would, what if the first contact aliens had with humans would be like a shitty TikTok video? She. Yeah. Just a meme from TikTok where it's just a funny noise. I mean, at this point, that's all my brain is. It's just yeah, just funny noises. Yeah, like the new one that I have been hyper fixating on is the one where it's like, uh, if I'm gonna be sad, I'm gonna do it with pizzazz. I just run around the that's house. That's how you live your life. It really is. Yeah, I'm sad, but with pizzazz. Still with the style. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I feel well, like yeah. this is going to be one of those 
we I feel like we fluctuate between having episodes where we have really good chats at the end and then having episodes where we're probably recording a little bit too late in the evening and we're both just descending into pure chaos. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. Well, I, I and I've also had just a big day today. Like this has been a, a, this has been a big day for me. It's been like a nine to six day. Yeah. And then you came home and cooked me dinner and just went straight into to podcast, podcast mode. mode. Yeah. I think we just need to go to bed. It's a hard life, but yeah. someone's got to live it. We should just pull the microphones over, install them in the bed frame, and go back to bed, bed, bed cast. I, I really enjoyed the episodes that we made yeah. in bed, but I also am very aware that you should keep your bed as like a sanctuary of sleep. Otherwise, yeah, it can kind of like fuck with your circadian rhythm. Is that what it's called? Your cicada rhythm. Circadian. Isn't that what it's called? Circadian rhythm? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. That sounds good. You correct. know what else has been fucking with my sleep cycle is cats working out how to open the veranda door. Oh, yeah. And waking me up at three correct. o'clock in the morning. So we, so we have those sliding. kind of, those heavy sliding doors that are, they're basically windows um, that go into the veranda, not the veranda, the balcony. Um, same thing. Same thing? Yeah. Cool. And you would think they're too heavy for a, a fucking cat to push open. However, we've discovered that Pi, our eldest cat, who... In his infinite wisdom. In his infinite... Infinite? infinite in his infamousy, <laughs> um, can push them open. We found out... He jams a little fat head. We found that out because one day we looked outside, or we couldn't find him. And we looked outside and then, oh, lo and behold, he's wandering around. In the dark. In the dark, in the balcony. Just fucking meowing, having a good time of his life. So last night, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> don't know what woke me up. Something obviously pulled me from the depths of sleep. Yes. And I op- crack my eyes open and I see staring at me through the glass is this cat. And I'm like, you little motherfucker. So then I had to get up out of my cozy bed and chase him back inside. Naughty. The th- and the thing is, he's stupid and... He is so dumb and very so clumsy. uncoordinated. So I, I, I would never... He, the, the balcony is too high for him to jump over, period. He would never make it in a million fucking years. The thing that scares me and has actually happened just the other day He's gotten out, Toffee follows. opened the door, and then the middle one, Toffee, who's the most athletic cat I've ever met in my life. Yeah, she's like fucking Cirque du Soleil. She was former. outside. Yeah, and she freaks out and runs away from you yeah. and she thinks she's in trouble. Exactly. So, so that is Terrifying. what terrifies me. Because we live on the fourth floor, like yeah. we're high. So him being outside couldn't, doesn't scare me at all. He's fine. I don't want him there. While I'm yeah. sleeping, I want him inside. But him breaking out, I'm fine. He's not going to go anywhere. Her breaking out terrifies the shit out of me. Or the kitten. The kitten wouldn't make that jump. Oh. She's pretty. She is pretty good. She jumps up on top of a cat tower. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that scares me more. Although I, th- I feel like she'd be too terrified to even step foot out there. That's true. She's a bit of a wuss. She's like the youngest sibling, so she just has that little 
young baby um, trait to her. They really do have the same traits as actual siblings. Yeah. Peach is the younger sibling who gets away with absolute murder. Yep. Toffee is the weird middle child. Who competes for attention. Aggressively competes for attention. And Pi is like the eldest one who like doesn't really give a fuck. He's just like hardened to the world and a bit derpy. Yeah. We want to get a harness for him. Teach him how to walk on it. And hopefully that'll like satiate his his it desire won't. to break He's out. A shithead. He's so naughty. We'll have to I have to figure something out for yeah. that. Well, I honestly really don't have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm kinda keen just to get into and bed. And I'm about to fall asleep. And you know, look look, if you're listening to this late at night, which I know some of you guys um put this on while you're sleeping, which is, you know, you do you. Uh if you are Listening to this as you sleep. That means we're in bed with you. We're, we're, we're under the... Ooh, best salacious. served cold under the covers. Salacious. We hope you have a good sleep. Is that a word? Salacious? No, I'm If you want to count sheep, um, I can save you the trouble. There are 60 One million sheep in Australia. Sheepy. Two little sheepy. You hear what I said? Three. Yeah, I'm going to go all the way to 60 million. Okay. Three little sheepy. Um, so hopefully you have a nice sleep. Wake up tomorrow morning. I'll stop now. <laughs> and when you wake up, I'll still be here. Like 21,765 yeah. little sheepy. I got to imagine falling asleep to a podcast would be like sort of frustrating though. With a case, could you be like, you'd fall asleep and you'd be like, oh fuck, what did I miss? Yeah. And you have to go all the way back. I, I can't, I can really, I can't fall asleep to anything that I want to pay attention to. It has to be either nothing or a TV show that I've seen 85 million times. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. But anyway, hope you guys have a very good sleep tonight, whenever you are listening to this. What's the code word for this week, Tom? The code word for this week is wellness. Wellness. Ooh. Because I want you guys to take care of yourself this week. Take care of you. Self-care is important. When this podcast comes out and you're listening to it, wherever you're listening to it, driving in your car... You're going for a walk, you're doing your thing, you're, I don't know, pooping on company time, whatever it is you're doing. Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. Take care of you. <laughs> what? That's awesome. I don't, I've never heard that. You've never heard no. that? The boss makes a dollar and I make a dime and that's why I poop on company time. That's awesome. Have you never heard never that heard before? Never heard that. That's great. Anyway, I hope you guys take care of yourself. Drink, drink at least three liters of water every day. Mm. This is your um, mandatory cross check. Have yep. you had your water today? Have your water. If you uh, if you don't do vitamins, you should look into it. We have fallen off the wagon a bit. We're there. Have you had your meds today? Yes. If you're on medication. You your med- no shame. No shame in the game. Yeah, have just you had them today? Set that little reminder. Um, have you fed the cats today? You nearly whacked Peach in the head. No, I was. She, it, yeah, don't worry. She's all good. Have you fed fed the dog or the cat or the fish or the bird today? Or the snake. Make sure you do that. Or the horse. Or, or the, the horse. Goat. Or the pig. Whatever. Anyway, we or the stop listing animals. Have a great week. Where can they find us? You can find us on all good podcast platforms and you can find us on all good social media platforms at the BSC podcast. Now available on YouTube. 
You sound like a me character. Me character. You know, like on the that game I do on the on the Switch, um, on the DS, sorry, where I made like all of our friends, and they oh, have that, yeah. they have that weird voice where they talk like this. Oh yeah, and they, they talk do. like this. Yeah, you just sounded exactly like that. You can find us on all available. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. At the Mia C podcast. Hello, my friend is my name is friend Tama. Hello, friend Tama. <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, Tama had to stop playing that game because <laughs> he made his parents. His parents just refused to date each other in the game. They like had three <laughs> chances. Wanted to date a friend, <laughs> and Tama got so genuinely upset. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. Just watching him try and force just these. <laughs> Pretend AI characters to fall in love, just and they just didn't collapse. want to. They had three separate dates <laughs> where they where <laughs> you where either at the end they'll either go we're not interested, we'll just be friends, or they go all right let's start dating. Three separate times. To be friends. And and this, the third time, love. the third time, one of my friends wanted to kiss. jumped in and said no no to my mum date me instead. And she rejected them both. <laughs> what a bitch. Yeah. What a bitch. Anyway, that fucking... Anyway, have a great week, guys. Have a great week. And we will see you next, next week. Wednesday. Bye. Bye.